Yeah. Okay, well, I think we could get rolling, and if people are struggling late, that's okay. But I also know we have plenty of people who are wanting to just watch a recorded version later. Um, cool. And so we can get get going. Um, one thing I did, I went ahead and posted in the chat just a link to the page, and it has links to the homework um, for afterward. That's just some suggested questions. We'll talk about that later. And then also a link to submit a question for the Q&R um, section at the end, we'll, we'll rally those up. And so it basically, if you think of something during, um, the, the talk and, and you don't want to, you know, forget it, then you can just go ahead and submit it during. And so just dentonorchurch.com slash marriage is the hub for all that stuff. Um, and like I said, this is being recorded. And so if you want to watch it again later, we'll be posting that. And, uh, I'll probably just end up posting it in all the church groups so that everybody can, I don't have to keep track of who all asked for it. And um, I think that might be it. Um, I'm going to pray for this and for the Knowles real quick. And then I think most of us know them to some degree. For me, I'm like, I've been around a lot of Knowles fans more than I have been around the Knowles themselves, honestly. But it might be helpful to, after I pray, you guys just introduce yourselves a little bit and um, sure. give some context to to why we should all um, listen to what you have to say. But um, I'll pray real quick. Lord, thank you so much for just the chance to get together and um, try to follow you more closely uh, together as married couples. And thank you for this community um, and this family of churches and, and just the ability to try to learn from each other's experiences and just um, um, being able to share in that with each other. And thank you for the, the great work you've done in other people and that we can all um, learn from each other and learn from the growth and transformative work that you've done in, in many, many people that we have the, the privilege to get to minister alongside. I just ask that you'd speak through the Knowles and help them to just um, to direct um, us toward your truth and toward ways to just keep being your disciples and be um, on mission um, as we are also married and help us to grow uh, together with our spouses. And um, Lord, we just ask that you would be glorified by our discussion today and uh, help us just to all be moved closer toward you. And um, we just ask for grace as we do that. Near my pray. Amen. Amen. Cool. Well, yeah, thanks a lot. So, um, intro. We, uh, we've been married now coming on 14 years, like this coming week. Uh, so we've been doing it for a while and, um, I still like him. So that's good. That is good. Bonus lesson. Yeah. Watch those terrible movies we were just talking about with your wife and things will go better. Um, <laughs> no, but we, um, so we've been trying to do, you know, obviously discipleship stuff as Christians and, and ministry as part of our, our marriage and individually the, the whole way through. Um, that in no way means we're experts or even great at it all the time. Um, but we do have some practice at it. Um, I'm currently on staff in Garland and yeah i'm sort of our our men's minister and i lead our our praise team and and try to coordinate stuff with the staff and elders and i've been doing that for 
the last 10 years or so. And before that, I did the focus thing like a lot of you all and, and the Corfa stuff and uh, learned how to do ministry really for the first time on the campus. Um, so that's a, a short version of me. What have you been doing? Whole lot of nothing. No, I, <laughs> um, I still do the focus deal. They can't seem to get rid of me. I just kind of hover around and get included. Um, currently, I'm a peer team leader. Uh, kind of function as like an adjunct staff member and um, serve on the focus board. And I help with the women's ministry at Garland and, you know, raise crazy kiddos. So that's, mm -hmm. it's, that's its own ministry yeah. <laughs> in itself. Um, but yeah, that's kind of my deal. I've been around a while. So yeah, I came to focus in 2002 and yeah, still here. So I haven't graduated yet out of, out of focus. <laughs> yeah, I need lots of, lots of help. So they keep me around. Yeah, no, that's great. Um, and I should probably, I do have a day job. Like I work at a big bank full time and the twin thing and yeah, different ministries. We probably try to do too much sometimes, but some of the balance and, and how to fit some of this in, we'll definitely try to speak to throughout this. But so the, the whole deal, spiritual health and being disciples, this is a huge topic, right? Uh, very fundamental to our faith. We're going to try and, and talk through that in the context of, of marriage and, and doing that together as spouses. Uh, we're certainly packing a whole lot of different topics into a pretty quick deal this afternoon, and that's on purpose. But uh, like it was said in the beginning, you know, be ready with some questions. We'd be happy to dive deeper on anything we talk about at the end in, in that Q&A part of it. Because uh, we're going to hit a lot of things pretty quickly uh, and, and therefore not going really deep into it. But we can we can do that based on on questions later. And, you know, we, we feel it's important to say we're definitely not like experts or the perfect married couple in any way. Uh, we're, we're not the best ministers or anything like that. So we're we're speaking to principles that, that we are still striving to grow in. For sure. And, you know, that that's every sermon, every preacher, whatever. But we, we want to assign it to you so that you're the one that gets yeah. better at those things. Right. So um, one other caveat, maybe as we dive in, um, we wanted to, to talk about, you know, marriage is not a one size fits all proposition. Um you know, outside of the common calling that all of us as disciples trying to follow Jesus, you know, we share in, we, we all are trying to love God and love people. But the, the way our individual marriages and relationships look will certainly be different. Uh, and that's fine. So as we speak to some of how we've done things that hopefully that that's challenging and, and maybe a bit enriching or, or whatever, but it doesn't mean the the perfect marriage or whatever has to do it in the exact same way. Uh, that diversity and, and different family groups is really part of what makes the body of Christ great. But, um, you know, that can also be a, a little bit of a crutch or a way for some of us to try and, you know, back out of the mission. So, so we do hope to, to challenge you a bit. So however it looks for you to take part in the mission of Jesus to, to bless the world with your marriage. So, I think that's good intro-ish. All right. 
we've got this split up in, in really two main halves. Uh, the first being spiritual health. And we're going to talk about that both as individuals and as spouses. And then we'll move on to basically ministry after marriage and hit on several practical ideas about how to do ministry once you're married. Okay, sound good? Yes, it does. Um, spiritual health. We're going to start individually, and then we'll go towards uh, how to do it as a couple. Um, individual time with God, you know, in the busyness of life, and specifically, you know, as a married couple. This is of you know, the, the utmost importance, right? Some of this is very basic, the discipleship 101. But if you want to be a good spouse, if you want to have a, a good marriage, you, you've got to stay connected to God. And that has to be first priority. Um, you have to be a disciple individually. This will drive everything else in your life, you know, as I, I think we all know and understand, but just to remember and, and strive for that is very important. Um, connecting with God will, will really determine in a lot of ways whether or not you're a, you know, a fun, happy spouse to be around or, or sort of a drag and uh, a selfish sort of pull on things. And so that regular reconnecting with God and, and his mission individually it goes without saying, but it's it's the most important thing on here. And so we, we've got to, to build time for it and, and try to make it happen. You know, the selflessness that runs all the way through the, the New Testament um, really starts here as we try to live like Jesus. And, and one of the things, um, you know, we say a lot to people in like Guide to Decide sessions or whatever, is that if you'll you know, do your best to look out for your spouse's best interest. And, and while they're doing the same, your needs will, will certainly be met. And so you want to start at things that way. And it starts with um, that individual devotion to God. It can certainly, um, you know, your level of devotion, your connection to God will impact your marriage. Um, and so that's for good and for bad. Um, if, if you're lacking there, it'll, it'll pull on, on your spouse and, and can be uh, detrimental to what's going on. If you think about, you know, going all the way back to, to Genesis 2, when they start, you know, framing up marriage and, and like all things in scripture, especially the beginning of Genesis, they're doing a, a hundred things here with this passage. But Genesis 2.24 says, that's why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife and they become one flesh. That, that one flesh aspect, again, tons going on there. But, you know, for this purpose, you can think of that as just a, a reiteration. Our spiritual well-being impacts each other. And um, we can't escape the fact that uh, how I'm doing in influences Amy and how she's doing influences me that that one flesh nature we're completely tied to each other whether we like that or not um, every decision it's no longer just about how it affects me you know we have to make decisions together and um, we're one and and how we move 
through life. And so if she hurts, I hurt. Um, if she's happy, I'm happy. And um, in a lot of ways, if you're connecting with God and doing well spiritually, you'll, you'll pull each other in that direction as well. And so you want to keep in mind the profound impact we have on each other, even when it, it's unintended. And so it's just completely important to stay connected with God and let the Spirit influence you in all of that. So again, I'm pretty sure everyone here agrees with that. You know, let, let's talk a minute just about some, some realistic strategies, I guess, to, to get that done. Um, you've got to give each other individual space. Um, that can be harder for some couples than others. And, and it really depends on, on you individually and, and how you work together, whether or not, um, you know, you're, you're introverted or extroverted, like that alone time or, or need that together time more or less will we'll make this easier or harder. But you certainly have to build routines to give each other some individual space. Yeah, and obviously, the, as different seasons of life happen, like that can need to look different and can need to shift. Um, I just remember kind of going from being single and I had my schedule and my time and it's like, well, I like to do, you know, my time at this time of day and this is what it looks like. And then, you know, I mean, I like, I packed my Bible and my journal, like, and all my stuff for my honeymoon. And then there was just this real weird, like, we're in the same space all the time. Do I go like sit in a corner? Like, what do I do? <laughs> like, I just had this weird thing of like, oh yeah, like this is yeah. the deal from now on is we're just in each other's lives. And at night when I liked to kind of unwind and spend time with God, like, oh, like who's there? Like <laughs> he is, he is there and in my space. So then there was, yeah, that was kind of like the first time I'd even considered that, oh, my schedule might need to change to still have that meaningful time. And then we had the tiniest apartment and I am one of the people he was talking about. That's like, if there's a person, I feel the need to go be with that person. It feels weird to me to like not be in the same room or not be talking to someone if they're there. He is not that way at all. But I just felt so weird, like picking up my stuff and like going into the one other room we had to like read my Bible or like, journal or whatever like that was a kind of a hard adjustment mm -hmm. for me and then it's like oh then we had kids oh, we have two newborns well where's my hour to sit down and read and reflect there's not an hour for anything like <laughs> i'm getting an hour for sleep um so yeah being creative and trying mm -hmm. to realize like yeah i may have to kind of work on some of my personal preferences and how i want to do things to help kind of facilitate that for my partner to also have that good time um, or yeah, even just changing expectations on, yeah, if you've got a newborn baby, you know, yeah, you need to have some time with God. That's mm -hmm. all that's going to keep you going, but it's probably not going to look the same, but just keeping that commitment to that investment in your relationship with God and being okay that in different seasons, that can look a little different. Yeah. I realized I just said a whole bunch of 
stuff all together. No, it's great. Our dynamic doing things like this is very different than our dynamic in any other situation in life. I'm the talker and he's quiet. And then we do things like this and he is the talker. And then I, I babble a little bit. So back, back no, to you. Nonsense. <laughs> um, yeah, you know, one of the ways, you know, being creative to find individual time, um, this is just sort of anecdotal, I guess, something that, that helped me, you know, I really, um, somewhere along the way was encouraged to sort of transform my commute time, driving to and from work and, and making it more purposeful. And, and that became a, a real sort of spiritually en enriching time. Just, you know, for me, I, I can get into podcasts or, or whatever sort of Bible teaching kind of things that gets me excited about the word and, and helps me dive in later or, or even times in, in prayer. Um, just as one example, like you do have to be creative to, to fit things in. And Amy mentioned, yeah, the, the kids really turns everything upside down, at least for a little while. And so you just have to, to build routines and, and try your best to, to fit things in. Um, yeah, it was, uh, I think it was Ronnie that told me, and I, I totally got it later on, but you know, trying to get up early before your kids, at least in my experience, is kind of a joke. Like you, they hear you, they it, sense you that you're awake. Yeah, it's wild. Um, and so, you know, even just the idea that I'm going to do my time with God first thing in the morning, every day, all by myself, like I had to be flexible there. And, um, and, and that's okay. And, and really, as they've grown, our kids are just turned eight. Um, and so they're different every single day too. So you just kind of move and out, move in and out of these different routines. Um, but you know, it's the same drumbeat. You, you just got to make it happen. So, so get creative and, um, find the, the habits and, and the routines that make sense for the season of, of life you're in and then know and agree together. We both think this is important. We both want to have individual time with God. If you need to plan some of that together, just, just do it. Have that conversation, check in every now and then, and, and set some things up so that you're helping each other find that time with God. Yeah, that was the only thing, other thing I would say is, yeah, just communication. If you're mm -hmm. finding like, that something is like in the dynamic of the marriage or like how the schedule is going just makes it almost impossible to get that time. Then you just have to reach out and say, I need the space. Like, what can we do? Can we have this time where like, like for us, like you hang with the kids and I'm going to go for this walk or like whatever that looks like, mm -hmm. but to always be in communication about that, because that's not the thing that you want to just ignore and not talk about because you feel like, well, you know, this is really just my deal. And so I should figure it out. Like, no, like your, your spouse is there. And even though it is about your individual time, um, yeah, it does affect your spouse. And so communicating yeah. with them about, or even getting their input on like, I can't fit this into my day. I don't know how to do this. And like having that conversation, um, that y'all can like, you know, troubleshoot that together. Yep. And that's a great, you know, transition. Next, we're going to move towards uh, spiritual health as a couple and, and think through how to, to do that together and, and grow together. Um, and as we do that, I would just reiterate, like, your marriage will be better if you do the individual devotion to God. 
And if you get that right and, and nothing else, that's the, the best place to start. Um, so yeah, spiritual health together as a couple, you know, thinking through sort of how to check in on each other's spiritual health, how to encourage or challenge, um, you know, that that's different as a spouse than a, a spiritual friend or mentor. And unfortunately, and even with us, we're not perfect at this. It can be awkward in, in a marriage, especially if you've got a lot of routines as a disciple beforehand uh, coming into to your, your marriage. Um, but yeah, you know, one thing that's just super important here is to like ask the question check in with each other. Just ask, how are you doing spiritually? The, the homework that was mentioned has some, some very practical questions that'll they'll help you in this later uh, if you haven't seen it already. But um, yeah, his note said, ask the question. Yeah. And then my note said, answer the question. Mm -hmm. Like really answer the question, like do your best to give a generous yeah. answer. Um, because your spouse really does want to know how you're doing. Like that is, you don't need to put on that. Like, it's okay. Like, oh yeah, I'm doing great. Like reading Genesis. It's, it's awesome. Like, no, like really, you know, expand on that. And if you feel like, okay, I asked them how they were and they kind of just said fine and gave me like, yeah, I'm reading this book. And they're like, I don't really know what that means. Or if that person is fine, you know, follow up, like, don't, don't be afraid to really kind of dig in there because sometimes one of our deals that's obviously very specific to us is just the way we communicate is like on opposite ends of the spectrum. So he feels like he's fully answering a question. And I'm like, you didn't even like scratch the surface of what I was expecting to hear in my response. Um, and he's just like, Hey, what's up? And I'm like, everything going on in my mind, in my life. <laughs> and I just dump, you know, with like half a question and with him, I'm like, okay, like, I really want to get specific and ask, like, what is it I'm really wanting to know? You know, it's like, if I'm wanting to know about his prayer life, then I need to, you know, dig in there and say like, yeah, like, how's your prayer time been looking? Like, what does that look like for you this week mm -hmm. or, or whatever that is? Yeah. Um, no, for sure. That that's us. Like I, uh, I'm a bad sharer. Uh, <laughs> I guess kind of stereotypical, just dumb man in that way. But um, and so, you know, I, I've got to really lean into that. And, and she's helped me a lot with that over the years. I still have a, a ton of room to grow. But but yeah, it it's a another just fantastic way to to be close together and obviously one that's that's meaningful and, and pushes you towards god but it's an intimacy that can really help grow a, a marriage and so something certainly that should be practiced and um added to sort of your routine of what you do together um so so ask the question like just get in there and and interrupt each other's lives and and check in. You know, look out for their spiritual well-being. Uh, another part of this uh, is is pay attention. Um, you know, look out for for what they're doing. We um, know the things that we ought to be doing, and and sometimes you know, especially if we're not in a great place ourselves, it's it's. Uh, easy not to go check on other people. 
And so we've got to really work and have your spouse's spiritual well-being as as part of what you're looking out for and and thinking about. And so you can pay attention and and you know check in on their moods and just what's exciting them, what's got them down, are they stressed out, are they sad, you know, whatever it is, you want to pay attention and and use that as as part of asking the question. Yeah, and I'd say to you like I know it is super easy. Um, you know, it's like there's always something going on. There's the TV's on or you're on your phone or whatever. But like these are not conversations to have where you're like, hey, how's your prayer life going? And then you're like doing some game or like whatever. Like, no, like that's a time that you need to communicate with like all of yourself that like this is important. This is a put down the phone, a look each other in the eye kind of conversation like this is an important one it's not like what did you think about that cereal I bought like eh. it's you know I'm asking you and so like those good I mean this is my like be a good communicator you know like actively listen if you're not sure you understand like kind of that repeat back okay that's something I want to flag and like check in on again they said this is something they're kind of struggling with Okay, I'm going to flag that so I can pray. I'm going to flag that so I can ask specifically about that again. Um, but you have to like really engage in that and not have it be, how are you? Good. Okay. How are you? All right. Um, but yeah, have that be a really focused, mm -hmm. like pull out your best communicating <laughs> yeah. to have, have those kind of conversations. Definitely. You know, one other thing that, that can really help in, you know, looking out for each other's spiritual well-being. Um, is really encouraging the, the right things in each other. And, and that can be the, the first thing we talked about, just encouraging the individual time with God, but, you know, encouraging good time with spiritual friends and mentors, um, all, all the things. And we'll talk about these in, in the practical ministry section later, but encouraging the, the church involvement, small group, you know, everything that has us, as Christians and disciples, um, you know, connecting with God and in, engaging in his mission, we need to encourage in our spouses. And, um, and that can be a big part of connecting spiritually together. Uh, certainly, you want to look out for one another. You want to hold each other accountable a little bit. You, you want to to know how the other is doing spiritually, but you also don't want to be alone in that. You want your spouse to have good friends. You want your spouse to have a mentor. You want your spouse to be in a small group and be excited about church and worship and the whole deal. You, you got to encourage that broad spectrum um, to, to really create the, the balanced approach that'll be best for both of you. Let's see. Um, you know, building ministry into your life can help maintain a, a connection. We, uh, we've, we've got that, you know, being on staff in different places, you know, even just having to prepare for something like this just straight up forced us into some spiritual conversations. If you need some routines to, to make that happen, like sign up for stuff like this. Um, Amy preached last night at Focus. And so we were talking through her sermon, you know, leading up to that the last 
couple of days or whatever. Uh, we're, we're both in various groups and, and try our best to yeah, do meaningful ministry things for other people. And so just having that into your life can force you into some of these good conversations. And so building routines that, that has spirituality and, and ministry at the forefront will help you uh, as a couple and just spouse to spouse in your spiritual uh, connections. You know, as long as you tag that with everything else, asking the question, pay attention and encouraging the right things. Yeah, and I think this is definitely an an area where I can struggle some, and it's because our our individual spiritual lives I feel like look and feel very different from each other. Um, which you know, imagine that we're totally different people. Um, but I think those some of those conversations can start. They they can be harder for me because it's like, you know, I'm asking him what's going on, how he's doing and he's optimistic and he really doesn't get worried or stressed much. And he always has something he's excited about and studying. And then it's like, how am I doing? I'm like, well, I feel terrible and I don't have this going on. And, you know, I'm more like, I, I lean negative, which is not good. Um, but sometimes that, you know, that feeling of like, so our, our conversations are like, I'm good, I'm struggling. Next conversation, I'm good, I'm struggling. <laughs> um, but that doesn't mean that those conversations aren't good for me. Um, and so kind of pushing out of my comfort zone, like, yeah, I still, still wanna have that conversation. And some of that is not that he, to say that, I mean, I think you do have a great spiritual life. I don't mean this, but like not to say like, well, his is what everything should look like. And mine is not. I just have a very different experience with with that. Like I said, I mean, I don't rely totally on emotions, but there are definitely a lot more emotions in in that situation for me. Mm -hmm. Um, And I I have been pretty, uh, I can rely on the fact that I'm like, he meets with Ronnie once a week. So I'm like, he meets with, with one of the people that I'm like, man, I would go to you for like any, any of my problems and you're so perceptive and you're always going to ask those questions. So I can kind of feel that pull to be like, oh, he's good. <laughs> like, like, I don't need, I don't need to ask any questions because like, surely Ronnie's going to catch anything that needs to be caught. Um, and to some degree, I feel like, yeah, maybe that's true, but Ronnie doesn't see Aaron first thing in the morning or, you know, after a long day of work, like that's me, like I'm the person that sees those things. So, um, you know, there, there's still value there. Um, and even if those conversations feel difficult or discouraging at first, I think like we have to press through because of like, Mm -hmm. there's the value that's there. Yeah. And the more you dig in, you know, you realize I like Amy describing, you know, our tendencies there. But yeah, I, I can be, yeah, the stress-free nature of my life is very cool, but it's got a, a bad side too. I'm so apathetic and yeah, I can, I'm fine or good with almost anything. And so some of what I define as fine and good is not fine and good. And so it's good to, to dig in there and get some uh, perspective on that. And we, we us being different there, we, we pull each other in the right direction. Um, she teaches me to care more when I should. I pull her up from a bit of negativity every now and then. But you got to have those conversations for those differences to be meaningful 
and impactful for the other. So um, let's keep going. You, is that good for that section? Yeah. We're still talking spiritual health and we want to look at it uh, in terms of maintaining spiritual friendships. And so both sides of, of this coin too. So friendships individually and then as a couple. And so, um, you know, one of the axioms we do in I think all of our churches, it, you know, focuses all over. One-on-one -on -one is how it's done. You know, maintaining close spiritual friendships and accountability is super, super important. And, and I'm a big believer, like, you shouldn't rely solely on your spouse for this. Both of you should want the other to have good friends. Yeah. And you should both feel great about them going to hang out with those friends every now and then, um, certainly. So it, it's super important. We need multiple influences. We need encouragers. And some outside perspective is, is really valuable. So, you know, when you move from, you know, being single to married, you know, sometimes that transition can drop some friends along the way, or at least the time you get to spend with them. And there's different seasons that will certainly look different, but you have to maintain those relationships. I think I said it already. Each of you needs close friends and mentors, and you need people that, that you're hanging out with. Yeah, because I think, you know, you look at it, you're like, yeah, my spouse may see me the most, but they're not always getting my, my best hours, but they do maybe see me the most hours. Um, but sometimes because of that, we can just be too close or too emotionally like wrapped up in something to really speak to it well or to really be heard. And so I think that's where having those other friends and mentors that can kind of speak into when, you know, when you're not doing well or, you know, some of those other things, like they can have a conversation with you and they're kind of removed from that and you can hear that. And it's not as, as personal as it can feel when a spouse is trying to have that conversation after you just had a disagreement about this thing. And then it's like, let me challenge you on this part of your spiritual walk or whatever. It's like, I can't hear that. Um, mm -hmm. I need to work towards, you know, being able to do those things. But sometimes, yeah, Tana can just come in and say, you know, I think you need to look at it this way. I think you need to consider this. And it's like, oh yeah, like that is, that is accurate. And mm -hmm. you are like an outside objective person that's not wrapped up in, in that. So I think that's yeah. just super helpful um, for your spiritual health and for the health of your marriage to have some of those people that can speak in. Um, and yeah, that more objective way. And even, um, you know, just outside influence and advice, like he said, kind of helps our perspective even be more outward focused and not like this is our world and how we do it and it's our stuff. And it kind of helps, you know, push your perspective out to like, oh yeah, this is how what we do impacts other things. And this is not just about us and our feelings and our stuff. Um, yeah. yeah, that's great. Um, yeah, spiritual friends can say stuff in a way that, you know, if your spouse said it, you'd be furious. And if they say it, you know, you're, you're going to take it. And that's, and vice versa at times. And so you, you need those people. And that's, that's living in community. That's, that's what God designed us for. Um, 
we need those connections. We, we need those friendships. And, you know, the other part of it, you know, a cool and, and fun part about marriage is trying to do some of that, you know, as couples with other couples. And, um, you know, that can certainly be beneficial as well, but especially, you know, bringing kids into it. You know, that's been really one of the, the funnest parts about just doing church like we do it and, and having kids growing up in the community is all these little friends that get to run around together and and parents that are you know on mission together and have the same you know general ideas about why we're doing this and what we're doing and there's just a lot of synergy and encouragement and just joyful times that that come through all of that and so certainly you know this is another thing you should try and you know carve out time for um, you know fellowshipping with people as a couple it's it gives you a chance to to see each other and and that other a different dynamic. Um, this is another thing that a lot of marriages can drop. We can do it in, in dating. We're, we're kind of purposeful, especially in the beginning of let's do a double date and, and this and that, um, but can kind of fall by the wayside when you know we, we get married and it's a lot of fun just to hang out together and it's easy just to sort of stay home and do whatever, um, but yeah. You should make time for this and you can find real benefit in those, you know, broader relationships, couple to couple. Let's see, you know, it's certainly been hard during the pandemic. We, we haven't done a ton of that lately. We, we've got some great friends and, um, you know, that classic just sort of after church on Sunday hangout where you get to grow with, with different families and couples has been uh, less lately, probably for all of us. Um, but that's been a, just a great reminder about how uh, cool that is, and, and you start to miss it. And so, um, you know, as we start adding to the list here, you'll, you'll start to see a, a lot of things we want to do. You know, we need individual time with God. We want to spend meaningful time together, talking spiritually and praying. We want to have good uh, individual friends. We want to have good couple friends. And you just start adding, there's a lot of things on the list. And so you got to be purposeful and, uh, and plan and, and talk about that together in order to make it happen. Um, one other aspect on this before we turn the page maybe is, um, you know, couples can still be friends with single people. Right? Do you guys know that? Um, they're uh, sometimes for for whatever reason that just gets weird, and um, and and all these people sort of marry up and have fun together, and sometimes do stuff as as couples, and and some of our single friends are are sort of left, and and that's not cool. Um, but you know, there's great examples. You know, we've got you know good friends Jared and Leah Lorenz, and they. Uh, I'm, I'm kind of jealous of their relationship with Warren. I don't know how much you know these guys, but he's he's like Uncle Warren to their kids. He, he comes over and just hangs out. He's part of the family. You know, they had a weekly night together for, for a long time. And it's just a, a really cool deal. Just as one example that uh, a married couple can, can engage with community. You know, some of the things that we've liked, and you can talk more about this if you want, we've had roommates over the years sort of come in and out, single people that'll just stay in a spare bedroom with us. 
that's been a lot of fun uh, with our kids and, and with us. Um, you want to talk about that? Any other? I mean, yeah, I mean, Melissa Collini, you've all of you, oh, yeah. you know, Melissa. Uh, she lived with us a couple summers um, and that was super fun. She helped, which that was like one of the best things ever. She just out, I mean, kind of out of nowhere, was like, hey, can I live with you for, <laughs> for a while? It's like, I'm trying to pay my truck off and I maybe can help with the kids. And what do you think? And I was like, never would have crossed my mind. I'm like, yeah, I let's do that. Sure. And then that was like, that was the best idea ever. Like that was, you know, God making that happen. So that was like a fantastic friendship. She is, you know, whether she wants to or not, she's a part of our family. Um, she's moved away, but like, we still call, call dibs on, on Kalini. Um, but yeah. And I think one thing, like, when you look at the, the body and just how you have all of the different you know, ages and, you know, you know, single, married, you know, old, young, with kids, no kids, like the whole bit. And then you think, yeah, my friendship should look like that. My friendship should look like the body. Like, it's great to have friends in your stage of life because they're going through what you're going through. Like, they're dealing with the same decisions and questions and yeah, how do I decide if I like homeschool or send my kid to school or whatever? So it's great to have people in your circle that, you know, you've got an established friendship with that you can talk through those things. And it's also great to have people who have been through all of that. And you can talk to them about those things. And it's great to have that relationship with people that haven't been through all of that yet. Like there is just so much to be gained there. I think even like as a marriage that that holds true um, is there anything else? Yeah. Uh, what do you think? I don't know. I have like my notes for some reason are in like some small illegible type. Uh, Mine are big and bold. Yeah. There's better. I felt less confident in my notes. <laughs> They're like 10 point font. Ah. I don't know what that is. Um, oh yeah. We already talked about like reaching out to, to singles. Because, yeah, even if you don't feel like you've changed your behavior, sometimes there's just like a weird thing. So we're like, tell all the married people, reach out to single people. And we tell the single people, reach out to married people and hope that somewhere in there, those connections keep happening. Yeah. Um, yes. Cool. Well, so at this point, we're going to transition a little bit. So that was a lot about trying to maintain some spiritual health, doing it individually, doing it as a couple. Um, oh, we've done a group together. Sorry. Oh, it's yeah. like another way we've connected with couples. Oh, yes. Yeah, um, groups. and in a way that like helped us like discuss spiritual things and mm -hmm. be able to kind of like hear what we're learning and kind of read and study some of the same stuff at the same time. Uh, because that's not we're I, I'll just confess mm -hmm. we're not great at that on our own of like we're gonna read this book together or we're gonna do Bible in a year together, or we're gonna do like we kind of each have our individual thing, but then the small group kind of assigns us as something um, to kind of have us on the same page and kind of learning some of the same stuff at the same time. Yeah. So that kind of is too, we haven't always had a, a group like that, um, but currently we do. And that's been really good. Yeah, for sure. Sorry. No, that's great. I'm glad you put that in there. Okay. 
We're going to transition. Um, and for now, real this time. For real. We're talking about you know, ministry after marriage and sort of going through just a, a list of practicals. And we'll try to move pretty quickly through this. But um, especially you know, transitioning from single disciples to married disciples, um, you know, we want to talk a little bit just like what, what changes, what, what should change, what shouldn't change. And again, not to, to say the same thing, but those individual devotion habits obviously should stay. That, that goes without saying. You should still want to connect with God. You should still be devoted to, to the word and to prayer. Um, you know, your devotion to the community and, and just doing church and groups and uh, how, however that looks for, for your community, you want to stay devoted to that. Um, and, and maintain the, the purposeful spiritual friendships, mentorships, all of that. Those are, I think it, it goes without saying, but, um, we're going to say it anyway, we're going to say it anyway. The, you know, there, there are married couples who, who, you know, get together and sort of throw out all the old habits and we're just going to start fresh. And, and there may be a, a little bit of wisdom in that, but we want to be careful not to throw out the good habits and, and you want to maintain the things that have, have brought you to where you are at this point with God. So the individual devotion and the things you're devoted to in the name of Christ should, should stay there. Um, you know, where to be involved and, and how some of those specifics look could certainly change. Um, and, and one thing that I would say absolutely has to change is the decision-making process for how you're involved in ministry and, and what you're going to do. Um, individually, clearly, you, you're your own person. You make the decisions that make sense to you. Hopefully, you're seeking some advice, but it's your schedule, you know, your work, your school, you know, your small groups, whatever it is. You're making those decisions on your own. Um, it can be a pretty big source of conflict if you come into a marriage and still keep making those decisions on your own. That has to shift and become a group decision. Uh, and the two of you need to consider um, how each of you individually are, are gonna do ministry and, and where you're gonna be involved and, and how you're gonna be engaged. Um, you have to you know, consider the other. It's that part of being one flesh again. Uh, just because we both agree that it would be good for us to, to be in a small group doesn't mean we go decide when and where that takes place on our own. You, you got to talk through that together. And, you know, as you stack up the list of things that you hope to accomplish, you need to get pretty practical and purposeful about um, fitting these things in. And, and certainly the, the level of involvement um, might need to change from season to season and or with kids, without kids, um, you know, fill in the blank. Uh, but that decision-making process uh, has to be together. And so I think that's a, a very big, important change that, that you got to make. You know, one bit of uh, scripture that comes to mind here. Um, you know, things that, that change when you get married. Uh, this is 1 Corinthians 7, which is kind of a crazy part of our Bible. Uh, Paul's doing a, a lot of wild stuff in there, and 
and throwing out opinions that he has specifically says is not from the Lord. This is from me and other places. No, this is from God, not from me. I won't get into all of that, but one of the points he makes in there is that, um, you know, the potential for your devotion um, to be divided is, is greater when you get married. Um, and, and in his opinion, you know, the way he says it, this is verse like 32 through 34. An unmarried person is concerned about the Lord's affairs, but a married person is concerned about the affairs of this world and how they can please their spouse. And so I think it's, a, it's just an honest and important thing to consider. Um, getting married is adding a, just a, a huge aspect to the things that you do have to be concerned about and you have to consider. And so I want to put a reminder in here to, to maintain Christ as your first love. Um, it's, you know, good marriages are are awesome, but they can start to compete with your love for Christ if you're not careful. Um, finding that, you know, quote unquote soulmate or, or best friend or whatever, and just getting to do the, the married things that are super fun and exciting, um, you know, can pull you away from perhaps some of the devotion and purpose that, that God would like you to, to put elsewhere. So there's a lot of balance that needs to come in here. Um, and you got to remember some of those hard verses, like Jesus said in Luke 14, um, if anyone comes to me and does not hate father, mother, wife, and children, brothers and sisters, yes, even their own life, such a person cannot be my disciple. Um, that's a, a very stark reminder, you know, classic Jesus and, and the way he just laid that out there for the big crowd at the time. Um, and we want to maintain our devotion to our spouse in, in the right position. And that in no way means you're not loving them to the best of your ability, but- We're loving them as Jesus loves exactly. us, which is how we're commanded, right? To love yep. everybody. So you're like, oh, that's my love for my spouse is love like Jesus loved. And then I'm going to love Jesus in like a next level yeah. sort of way. Sorry. No, that's perfect. And so that transition, it can be hard sometimes, but it depends on, on the couple. And so you just want to make sure as you move into marriage, no matter how long you've been there, that you're constantly submitting your relationship, your, your marriage to God. And, um, you know, including your, your devotion, your love for your spouse, that that's shaped and framed by uh, Jesus' love and, and how he calls us to love one another. Um, some other things to consider in, in the transition. Uh, one fun aspect is that some new areas of ministry become more available, right? You know, getting married, you, you sort of have this couple deal and, and you know, uh, connecting with other couples, you know, connecting, you know, around the whole kids thing, um, you know, you start meeting different, your kids start meeting kids and, and you've got this opportunity with, with parents that you never would have come across before. Um, there's a lot to, to put in there, but the opportunities can really grow if you're paying attention. And so you need to, like in everything, use the stage of life you're in for, for the mission uh, and use every avenue you have for, for connecting and reaching out. Another thing I would like throw in there is just be careful that when you're like, oh, like I'm a young married, like I'm going to be reaching out to young marrieds or, oh, I have kids. Like now that's where I'm reaching out. Like, yeah. yes, like 
And that is a new thing that's open. But I think I got kind of tunnel vision where I was like, I was, you know, younger and married. And then there was this person I worked with and they were younger and married and they needed Jesus. So clearly this is the person, right? We're in the same stage of life, easy connection. This is who I'm supposed to pour into. And then halfway through that school year, it's the 45-year-old unhappy married woman who comes in and is like, help me fix my marriage. And I'm like, okay, (laughs) I... I, okay, yes, like I just assumed kind of you weren't who I was, you're not in that stage that I'm in. And I kind of like just wasn't considering, obviously like we had a relationship, but I wasn't pouring into that because I'd kind of focused in on like, oh, this, I'm gonna connect with this person who's like me. Um, So even though some of those things open up, just kind of being aware that, you know, Things that don't look like that can can come along and not to get kind of tunnel vision on where you're you're looking for opportunities to reach out. Yeah. Yeah, but. for sure. Um, Sorry, I'll stop interjecting so we can like move through. No, we're good. When are we supposed to end this? <laughs> There's no problem. We got time, I think. Yeah, you got time. I think we said total about an hour and a half. So we've got till. Oh, nice. Till okay. 430. Um. Yeah, something that I think is important, you know, as you consider all these new opportunities that would open up, along with, you know, what you you felt called to as individuals and, and maintain throughout that, you need, um, you know, to really think about how you decide to be involved um, and, and what things you want to accomplish as a couple and, and individually. And, um, you know, the the need to, to strike a balance in all these different things that we want to accomplish is, is really important. Um, the, that list of friends and mentors and small groups and reaching out and meeting neighbors and going to church and, and whatever else you put in there, um, it can add up in a hurry. And so this is where you have to get, you know, prayerful and, and practical about how to get it done. So, so some of the things we've done over time that I think is super important is, is just reassessing as you go, checking in with each other. You know, some of our routines, whether you think about, you know, Amy working in focus, that operates on a school year deal. And so there's a, a natural opportunity just to discuss, so, you know, what's next year going to look like? What, what's going on this, this time around? Uh, in Garland, we try to do some of that with our adult small groups and, and have a moment to sort of re-engage and reassess with the school year. And so lots of those conversations about what small group to be in, when to do it, um, who are you trying to hang out with? And um, and the, the practicals and all that, that that we've done over time, like in order to, to fit it all in and, and still sort of, you know, have a a fun life and get to see each other plenty. Um, you know, we've planned small groups in a way that, uh, you know, before kids, we try to get it on the same night, even if we're in different small groups, um, you know, two birds with one stone kind of a thing. Kids show up and that's that's totally different, but purposeful planning, you know, she's got uh, whatever group every Monday night, that would be one of the places where I try to uh, get a one-on-one in the schedule and, and have them over to the house. And so really doubling up uh, the schedule in, in purposeful ways to uh, accomplish things at the same time can, can free you up to, to get more done and, and maintain some time together. 
And if you go about that in sort of a haphazard way, you can end up with a, a pretty busy schedule or, or one of the other of you is going to feel um, abandoned or left out or that you're not getting enough time with each other. And so the, the practical aspect about when you're doing what is, is super important. Yeah. And I would say like definitely debrief. Yeah. What did this last year like look like? How did that feel? Like, um, because sometimes, I mean, I, you know, you could do be doing something and you're like, yeah, I felt really good about it. Then yeah, find out that, well, I felt like we didn't connect very much or felt like I didn't see you or felt like when I did see you, you were emotionally spent. Mm. Um, because that was definitely something I, kind of did when I started like working full time and I was like, oh yeah, I can do peer team and I can do my women's group and I can do and I can do. And then it was just kind of after that year, we sat down and it was like, this was not good for anyone. <laughs> like, you know, I just needed to make fewer commitments in that stage of life um, for the commitments I made to be good and for, you know, our marriage to not be like, you know, just passing, <laughs> passing mm -hmm. each other. Um, yes. Yeah. So I think debriefing, um, different things that you've tried. It's like, yeah, we tried trying to double this up. Like, does that work for us? Like, what does that look like? Um, yep. Yeah. That's good. And communication is just so important there early and often, uh, especially if you individually feel like something isn't going well, like, like speak up sooner than yeah. later. Uh, if you let things linger too long, that's the classic sort of blow up scenario that is no good for a marriage. Um, let's talk about, you know, real quick, one of the axioms we like, um, we rarely grow when we're comfortable. So this is a call to uh, push yourselves and, and push your marriage. You know, one of the dangers, even with a, a real happy marriage, is just growing insular and, and really looking inward and just having a, a great life together and you sort of forget about the outside world. Um, and so in, in that example, you've got to maintain a, a real purposeful missional focus to, to look outward appropriately and in a balanced way uh, so that God can use you to, to do the things that he wants to accomplish in your community. Yeah, because I think when, yeah, if you kind of stay in this, well, this is comfortable and we like this and involving more people seems, yeah, like, was it a little uncomfortable to have someone come live with us? And I'm like, oh, no, they're going to see like all my crazy. And you're like, yeah, that was a little uncomfortable, but like, oh, my goodness, like such a good experience um, and got to really grow from that. Yeah. Um, that's good. Uh, that was going somewhere, but now I don't remember. Did you move a page? Yes, uh, you maybe. moved the page. We're all good. Um, I think, like you're saying, you know, we lose kind of perspective when we get inward focused. And I think we need to kind of remember what that is going to say to the people around us and to the community of about what our priorities are and what we think about marriage. Because um, there'll be unmarried people looking at you <laughs> and how you are treating marriage and we don't want to make you know marriage like he was saying like that's not going to be like an idol for us and we don't want to like give that impression that we're like kind of graduating out of things and into our little comfort bubble um and when we get lose some of that outside perspective we can just get kind of weird um i don't know maybe the pandemic has made you feel this way too you're like i just don't have as much connection and then you just kind of live in your own little yeah comfort zone most of us are pretty weird and we just get weirder when we stay in that little bubble. 
So it's kind of good to be uncomfortable mm-hmm. and have people, you know, rub off some of those rough edges that we have. Um, not that there's anything wrong with being weird, proud to be weird, but you know, they keep us in a healthy weird and not a, yeah. not an unhealthy weird. Yeah, that's yeah. good. Um, one other thing here that I think is super important, even just as a, a leader of one of our churches and our family of churches, you know, something that I would love to see from more and more young married couples and, and from everyone, but it, it's simple. It's take initiative. We uh, need people that will do that, that'll take initiative. Don't wait to be asked, like, please just force your way in and try to get involved. Um, you know, that's, I think, one of the hardest transitions for our our unique family of churches. You know, we have a lot of people that graduate out of the focus deal and, um, you know, for, for whatever reason, we step into the broader sort of adult world and it, it's a big transition. It feels very different and um, we can kind of get lost if, if we're not owning it and, and taking initiative um, individually. And so that, that's a broad thing that, you know, married or not, but, but as a couple, it's just another area where it's easy to um, get lazy on that. And so you can push each other to do this and, and you can do this together, but we need people that'll take initiative and, and talk through it together. What, what are your gifts? You know, where do you think God uh, has in mind to, to use you for, for his mission? Where could you benefit people in your community? These are questions that you need to ask one another and, and check in early and often about. And, um, you know, that doesn't have to be, you know, one of the big acronyms like FOCUS or Team This or That, or do you guys still have Chulas and Denton, whatever weird names you're working with these days? Um, you know, it, it can be anything as simple as just purposefully getting to know neighbors purposely asking meaningful questions to your friends and in church and in the community, but please take initiative. Um, Ministering as you do life together, I think is essential as a married couple. And as you try to add all these things to the list. And so that's just a call and a reminder to, um, be purposeful along the way, you know, take people with you as you know, you're, you're doing small group or groceries, whatever it is, you know, our kids um, help a a lot in this as they, you know, meet people or, or have friends. Madison has her own guide to decide finder she made for herself. (laughs) No doubt. Yeah. Our our kids have been to small group. They do that guide to decide deal when we do it. Um, obviously not in the routine, but they start, you know, before we send them away. And, and that's just a super fun thing. They have all these connections with couples that we've got with and, and Madison's obsessed with focus because Amy does that deal. Um, lots of good just doing ministry as a married couple and as we, as a family that, that comes together. Um, and if you try to, you know, there's some stuff you want to schedule and it's purposeful. This needs a one-on-one serious time, but so much of ministry 
like if you wait for uninterrupted time, like you're just not going to get to do any. Um, you just have to do it as you go. It is definitely not a, a thing you are doing on top of stuff. It's how you do your stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, even if it's not like, oh, I do focus. Like any, like we're talking about ministry is, yeah, talking to your neighbor. We have a, a crazy, well, I shouldn't say crazy. We have a little little neighbor kid that comes over to play soccer and, you know, needs a little Jesus. So <laughs> he comes over and plays soccer with our kids and they love on him and, you know, we'll see, yeah. see where that goes. But Yeah. No. And that's an opportunity of one of our neighbors, you know, to connect with his mom and, and this and that, but he's just a very outgoing, friendly kid and has inserted himself into our lives. <laughs> he just comes over. And so we got to be purposeful with that and, and we plan on it. And it's a lot of fun, but <laughs> Let me, let's stop here and just sort of ask, do you have questions lined up? You know, we have a bit to conclude we can get to, but I wanted to save some space there. We do. We've had a few come in, so we could jump over and start yeah, doing that if you guys would like. Okay. So um, one question was just, what do you, what do you guys enjoy for dates and looking, they're looking for ideas other than fighting about what to watch on TV. <laughs> Oh my gosh. You mean that's not your favorite part is 45 minutes of what's on Netflix, what's on Hulu? <laughs> oh. yeah. yeah, dates. I mean, that's a good question. What we, are dates? No. Mm-hmm. We, um, this has been hard for us this season of life. We've been pretty careful during the whole COVID deal. Uh, we've got some vulnerable people in our lives. Um, and so we've been with our kids almost full time. We, I mean, we have, you could say we have a date every single night because the kids do go to bed and we get time without them like every single day. And, and that's very fun and cool, but date ideas. Yeah. Um, we like to get out of the house when we can and, and in a normal season of life, you know, the things we eat, we, I was like, we're, we're boring. We like brunch, you know, yeah. <laughs> like we're. We're, we're fun food people. Mm-hmm. Um, We've well, been better about outdoorsy stuff in this season. Yeah. We, we like to walk through cool trails and, and whatnot if, if that floats your boat. There's surprisingly a lot of opportunity for that in, in our little Metroplex here that I was previously unaware of. I make Aaron play trivia. Mm-hmm. He's, not, he's not necessarily a fan, but you know. Oh, I dig it. I'll, I'll pull out some like 80s or 90s trivia. Yeah. Yeah. We'll play games together um, in an effort. And that's fun because we just sort of laugh with each other and at each other and um, how terrible I am at trivia. I'll make her change to some like 90s sports package and then I'll totally own her and then we'll get in a fight and then that'll be our day. No, that doesn't happen. Um, but or we've, we've definitely like watched, you know, we'll kind of take turns kind of like Shayla, you were talking about like watching mm-hmm. something. It's like, yeah, he's going to watch Austin land with me. And then I'm going to watch again. basketball with him, you know, like we'll kind of trade off, like kind of bringing each other into the other's world. Yeah. We liked live theater back when that was a thing. Uh, mm-hmm. That was fun. But yeah, we're not, we're not great. Like, I guess fun date people were pretty boring. I do I do now set a time limit on deciding. I was like, we have eight minutes to decide what we're watching. And then, you know, if not, it's, that's it. Like we're not watching TV. Like we are not <laughs> spending more than eight minutes scrolling 
through all the choices that we don't want to watch. Yeah, no doubt. So I think that that gives us more, more better time, <laughs> more, yeah. more time that we're not wasting. But that was probably that's not good. a helpful answer. No, that's cool. That's great. And if anyone um, hadn't seen, I tried to resend the link to go submit a question. If you, if you think of one, it's dentonnorthchurch.com slash marriage. This next one kind of hits at um, some of the beginning half of the seminar, but anything that has helped you learn how not to take your spouse's issues personally and to minister to them as a brother and sister in Christ? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, that's hard. Um, you know, we we shared a little bit about just our, our natural tendencies and, and one of those I can be kind of happy-go-lucky to a fault, but just overly optimistic. Everything's cool. I'm good. Life is easy. Um, and she can be a, a bit negative at times, and and not overly so. We've probably overshared on that already. But, yeah, if I'm not careful, you know, she can share about um, – her life in a way that I feel included. And then, and then, yeah, I I feel like, well, I didn't think this was bad about our marriage, but now I do. Um, And so you you do have to to work through those things um, because you are going to have different opinions and at times probably think um, something is better or worse than it is. You know, stereotypically, the, the guys can be a bit oblivious and it's probably a good reminder to, to check in with your wife and say, no, really, how, how's it going? How are we doing? And you might think you're being a great husband and, and need a bit of a wake-up call. Um, to not take that personally, I think, again, it's just a decision. Like, let's just decide to be honest with each other uh, and even if that's a little bit hard every now and then, if you if you check in early and often enough, there hasn't been enough time for big things to gather and, and surprise you. And so it, it's easier to take some feedback and and you just plan to, to not take it personally because you've asked for that vulnerability and that honesty. Um, what do you think? I mean, I think that's one of those things that um, I, I take a lot of things personally. And that's what I'm like, that focus axiom is good for me to like, remember, yeah, I, I shouldn't, I can't, at the end of the day, he's going to make his decisions and his choices and his things. And it's, it's not, I can't take that. That's not my, I didn't do that. It was, you know, um, Mm -hmm. that we are separate people and, um, but I'm the type of person, like, I'm going to need that written down somewhere. (laughs) <laughs> and when I start to go down the spiral, I need to go read that. I need to go read some truth that it's not, it's not about me all the time. I'm not the center of that. Um, so yeah, anytime, you know, if there's a scripture that's helpful for you, but I'm a big fan of cheat sheets. Like here's a thought I have that's not the right thought. And here's a verse that puts a truth in my head. And I'm just going to go put that back in my head when I start to feel myself just like taking all of that on. Um, yeah. So yeah. Yeah. And the other thing, those outside influences and mentors, you, you got to plan and, and decide how much you're going to share with the mentor here and there about your marriage. That's a, a two part decision and discussion, but getting some some outside feedback can put the right perspective on things in a way that can help you from 
really taking things personally, feeling hurt or, um, you know, all those things that will lead to just more conflict in your relationship. This next one is pretty, pretty good. I think it gets at the heart of it. How can I get my spouse fully sanctified ASAP so they'll be easier to live with? The Grant Trotter submit that one. Um, <laughs> Almost 100%, I'm sure. <laughs> Grant, I watched been, him type it. I watched him. Yeah. <laughs> he did it. He's bad. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, I mean, yeah, that's, uh, that's a lot to take on individually. And I'm <laughs> not your specific situation, but all. Oh, yeah. Is Eric going to try to answer this? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll answer everything. No. I do have a follow-up question to yeah. the, the one before that question. Um, so, you know, not taking your spouse's stuff personally. I feel like what comes up a lot with my other female friends who are married, it's like, I never understood the nagging trope of a wife until I was married, I think. And I do think in general, we tend to be more concerned about stuff like, you know, our spouse's health or have they been to the doctor enough? Or like, are we gonna, are we gonna do these? Like, which is so funny because Grant will execute health stuff like more easily than I will. But, um, or I don't know, just planning things in the future or whatever. And so I guess like what I've been reflecting on lately is like, I think we can like invite our spouse to do those things, but when do we kind of call a warning shot to our spouse without trying to like criticize them into changing, I guess, because you can't criticize anyone into really changing, but I think this totally goes in line with not taking your spouse's stuff personally, ministering to, to them the way Jesus did, but Jesus like did speak bold truth, but so often, way more often he like invited then, you know, whatever. So does that make sense? Yeah. Okay. Do you want to go? You want me to go? I mean, what popped into my head is not something I deal with, like with Aaron per se, but um, with my, my mom and my aunts. Um, <laughs> I've invited them several times to go to the doctor like they're supposed to um, unsuccessfully. But I think you know, I had to talk with Tana about that. I'm like, I don't know like what to do here. And I, I really did kind of have to have a really hard conversation that looked like, you know, coming from a place of like, I love you. And these things like I am, I don't know how to not be concerned for this. And, you know, I, I would do this for you, you know, if I could, but it's like, I, I am concerned. Like it, it, it your choices are impacting me here. And I wish I could not love you and remove that impact, but you know, I can't like it impacts me. Well, maybe you shouldn't say like, I wish I didn't have have to love you, but you know, like you wish that wasn't a thing like that. You didn't have to be impacted that way, but you are. And yeah, so much more in a marriage, like we talked about that you're one deal now, but you kind of have to leave that there and just let them know like, yeah, okay. So you're making the decision for you, but you're also making a decision because it really impacts me. Mm-hmm. And then I kind of had to like leave it there. Right? At least that's where that's where I am with that. Um, so yeah, I think we can remind those people that we love that we are connected, and that it's not just about you not taking care of yourself. It's you're not taking care of us, mm-hmm. and 
Yeah. And when that, yeah, with your spouses, when that sort of crosses over into the nagging realm or whatever, and that, that has negative connotations, you know, for a reason, um, it, it is hard that, to work that balance because we, we want to spur one another on towards love and good deeds. And so, you know, you should long for a spouse that'll, that'll spur you on a little bit. But there is wisdom and discernment because that, depending on the thing we're, we're after, could fall into that nagging category. And so I would, you know, have a check in when you're checking in about spiritual health and well-being and everything else. If you're going to do the homework after this deal, you know, soon, you know, add that if if you think, you know, am I nagging like ask? You know, I've I've said this a couple times. I hope you know that's out of love. Is it good for me to keep saying it? Does it annoy you or is it a does it is it a fresh reminder? And, and try to get some feedback from your spouse and, and vice versa. Like, I know you're, you're out for my best interest, but if, if you ask me that again, like, I'm going to lose it. Like, I'm just trying, I'm being honest here. And so, and it set some times, like, whatever it is, I will commit to get this done by, you know, this date, if you will commit to not ask me about it again. Like if you have to go there um, and otherwise just check in is, does this feel naggy? Um, do you want that feedback more or less? And, and you may be surprised. Uh, you may have some, one of you feeling nagged about something they wouldn't have thought and, and wanting feedback on something else. And so just check in yeah. and ask those questions. Yeah, and I would say like two asking more questions in terms of like if it's something they're not doing or something, yeah, that why? Like kind of mm-hmm. what's the source of that? Um, because sometimes it can be just goofy stuff like, yeah, they're doing 10 other things. And every time they think to call and schedule that, they're closed. Like, yeah, I've thought about that 10 times. <laughs> but like, yeah, no, it's still not done because when I was free, like that wasn't a possibility, but kind of getting to the bottom of why maybe some of that stuff isn't happening can be helpful. Cause sometimes it's things you can do. Like, I mean, I had someone schedule me a dentist appointment one time, like, because I was just like, and so like Brad Davis called and scheduled me a dentist appointment, um, back in the day, I need to go again. I should tell Brad to call. Um, (laughs) But, you know, sometimes it was just like we need the other person can step in and do a small piece and then that can get the ball rolling, too. Yeah, Um, I'm so sorry. Someone in this group, I won't say who recently went to the dentist and it had been nine years since they went and won't say who it is. It's not me or Grant. I can say that much. So, Mm -hmm. you know, I feel I feel yeah, I don't like the dentist. Um, I've got two more. If we can hit them, I think they'd be good. We actually have a lot of really good questions, but one of them kind of has to do with small groups. And I think you guys answered a few of the small group related questions, but this one stood out. Um, What are your thoughts on co-ed small groups with couples together versus being in gender specific small groups? And do you think co-ed small groups foster spiritual growth for you guys as a couple versus some of the benefits of maybe a gender specific small group? Yeah. I think there certainly are pros and cons. And so some of it can kind of be uh, seasonally. We have done both. Um, 
We have preferred same-sex separate groups for several years. We've really enjoyed uh, a co-ed deal recently. I do both currently. Um, Our co-ed deal meets every other week, which makes that a little easier. I like maintaining a guy's small group for me. That's sort of a a personal preference. But um, that's a a valid question. And depending on what your church is doing, if, if both offerings are there. Yeah. Talk about it together. So I think, um, the separate same sex groups can be very good individually and perhaps easier to get into some specific, you know, man, woman issues that, that we all need at different times. Um, the co-ed thing can certainly foster, um, some spiritual discussions between the two of you. Uh, but that, you know, the co-ed things can also just be sort of a big hangout sometimes. Um, and so you have to sort of determine what that's going to do for you. But we more often than not have leaned towards the, the separate groups, um, just practically in our history. But we've done the co-ed thing and really enjoyed it too. I'm, I'm totally riding the fence here. Uh, I think you need to talk about what you need individually and, and what the two of you are after and, and discuss it. If, if you feel disconnected spiritually, uh, the two of you, a, a co-ed deal that has you, you know, doing spiritual things together, reading the same thing, discussing the same thing could be really great. If you've got a meaningful check-in every now and then, you know how each other's doing, um, a, a real purposeful same-sex group uh, might have the opportunity to get deeper and, and more personal in your spiritual life in a, in a very good way. Nice. Okay. One more. Um, this one's kind of a big one. Can you share some reasonable, realistic and specific expectations for your marriage and ministry during the like newborn to toddler years? Um, and I think, they kind of went on to say, basically, in the context of Denton North, we uh, are going to have this wave of lots of kids coming pretty soon, yeah. and it's already kind of starting. And so just having a lot of our married couples being in that phase, um, and I think it's kind of where they're coming from. Yep. Uh, super good question. Um I guess the the baseline of, of what I'll say is the your involvement and what it looks like will certainly have to change. And our deal, we've only we have twins. And I, one guy, we got two kids. They were twins. Um, that's a little different experience. But it's the only one we have. <laughs> that's all we got. Um, but uh, that was insane. And, and we had some difficult twins, like just the practicals of, you know. Um, breastfeeding and and wanting to do that for a time. And we were inflexible for a while. Um, And so I remember asking Ronnie leading up to during the pregnancy, like, how do you think, you know, my deal with staff and just everything with church, what do you think it would look like? And he's like, yeah, it's just all going to change. Like we just can't even talk about it. Like he's, it's just going to be completely different. And so we sort of worked on that together through that deal. But, um, with all that said, there could be the necessity to, to do a bit less, but you just don't want to drop everything. Um, you need to carve out time to maintain 
some aspects of, of what we've talked about throughout this, even in that newborn phase. And, um, and I think you can do that. We, we managed to do that with, uh, you know, in my opinion, being outnumbered. I think the proper ratio is two adults to one infant. And uh, the twin thing, there's no taking turns. You can kind of, this one's not crying. You, you know, you can trade, but we always had at least one baby. It was insane. It was crying. Yeah, yeah. but, um, you know, so getting help, I think is a big part of this. We can be, it's that inward focus thing. And with kids, we can feel like, I don't know, embarrassed to ask for help or surely everyone's better at this than we are. So we just don't like the community thing is so cool. You know, um, the whole, it takes a village, you know, what, whatever comes to mind, like tapping into yeah. your, your students and focus there, just get the longest list of babysitters you can. Or yeah, um, even like Melissa would come over in uh -huh. the mornings and like help me get the kids ready because he had to leave early to go do worship stuff for church. Mm. So it was like, that was important to us that he got to keep doing that. And so, yeah, I could not do get two babies out of the house and get to church on time by myself. Like I know women can, I'm not that woman. And I, yeah, she came over and she helped me on Sunday mornings and you kind of feel like, yeah, I'm a mom fail, but it's like, we wanted to make that part of ministry still happen for him. And so, yeah, we had to have help to be successful. Mm -hmm. um, or I had to ask, you know, for people to meet me at my house instead of being like, oh, I'm going to take everybody. I couldn't take the two by myself out and meet with people one-on-one. -on -one. I'm like, if you can come to my house, <laughs> you know, and I just had to be um, more, I think, okay with letting people see the mess of this is this part of life and it's part of life and be more okay. Yeah. Asking, mm -hmm. asking for people to like maybe bend to me a little bit in that season. And most people like, they don't care if they meet you at Starbucks or your house, or they don't care if you have dishes in your sink. Um, you know, people came focus kids came and did sermons in my living room so that I could like give them feedback. Um, but it was like, that's what I could do. And, yeah. you know, just kind of being pretty honest about, hey, I still want to do this. Here's what I think I can make happen. Mm -hmm. And and then, yeah, working together. It, uh, I don't remember exactly. Certainly there was a time where we, you know, didn't do small group, but it, it wasn't super long. No. And as soon as, you know, we could manage a couple hours with those kiddos on our own, we were sending each other back to group, like on purpose, like you need some space from this madhouse and we know it's important. And so um, being willing to do that for each other um, mm -hmm. is, is part of that sort of help cycle. But yeah, bring people in. Don't be scared of inviting people in your house. I, I would second all of that. Did we cover? I felt like there's a few aspects of that question. Did we lose any of it? Um. I think that was good. It said reasonable, realistic, or specific expectations for marriage and ministry during the newborn to toddler years. I think yeah. you guys hit that pretty well. Yeah, yeah. And during marriage, I would also say like, yeah, your marriage, I felt like, yeah, life before marriage and then like getting married, like, yeah, there it was different, but it wasn't that different. You know, you're like, okay, I'm living with this other person and life 
with kids is definitely its own new deal in life with small kids is Mm -hmm. another deal all in itself. And so I think there, that is one of those things where you will have to be intentional to have your life, not just be kids and things in your schedule Uh, that will run your life. And if you still want to have good conversations, you know, during that hour or two that you see each other and are somewhat conscious, um, you know, that's going to have to be intentional. And so I think, yeah, should you expect vibrant date nights? Well, I mean, maybe that works in your situation and your kids are great and you can leave them with a sitter and, you know, they'll take a bottle or they'll do this or that. Like maybe that's you and great, but, but realize I'm like, yeah, maybe, mm-hmm. maybe falling asleep to a Netflix show is going to be like, that's going to be, we, we purposed to fall asleep watching Netflix together. Like that was our, our choice <laughs> to invest in each other, or we had that good conversation. Um, so yeah, I think that can be a little, a little hard. If you're not purposeful, that can get lost in the mix for mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. It'll have to change, but you can still be engaged. And if you do it with community, that the help goes a, a long way. So don't do it by yourself yeah. and, and plan to maintain you know, some minimum levels of, of involvement because that'll help you through all of that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, let's end it there. Knowles, thank you all so much. Let everybody tap the clap emoji or, or how, whatever the best way to do this on Zoom is. But there we go. We had a few pop up quickly. You yeah, guys know like your emojis. Oh, nice. Yeah. Um, so, and a lot of the other good questions we didn't get to get to. So I'd say that um, these are questions that you can ask the null separately or send to another um, or ask another married couple in whatever church you're in. And, and I think these are good questions that are totally fair game to be asking people in different stages of life from us. Um, sorry that we didn't get to get to all of them. One last, uh, I believe, grant question that might just be a good one to have in our minds is Amy, do you find it challenging that Aaron's beard is a different color than his hair? It's one of my favorite things because it makes <laughs> him look older than me. This is and I have a weird thing about being older than him. So I love it. <laughs> there we go. Old. That's good. Yeah. This is wisdom, Grant. Wisdom. I don't know if you probably don't know. This is from years of uh so, Something. you know, half of him is wise. <laughs> Grant has the Joe Dirt patchiness. Like, yeah. it's going to take a while, I think. Yeah. Nice. To get the Knowles wisdom here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, a couple of housekeeping things to close us out is the little homework form PDF thing is on the link, the website I sent, denorchurch.com slash marriage. And the ideal, do this however works best for you, but we really thought that. If, if possible and schedules allow to do a date night like tonight would be amazing or just in the next week um, and include that homework as part of your date night would be really cool. And uh, I believe Leslie mentioned that at some point at Denton North, but um, that's kind of the design for the homework to get you rolling, but also kind of give an impetus to go have a date night. Um, maybe some of you guys are good doing that frequently. I know Em and I aren't. Um, and so kind of assigning you a date night for fun, but also giving you some things to talk about, um, on the heels of this seminar would be really good. So go download that PDF. Uh, if anyone has trouble finding it, text me or, or, you know, ask me in some other way. Or, um, and maybe we'll even post that specifically on the, on some of the pages. But the other thing I wanted to say is, um, that the next seminar is going to be on May 8th. 
Um, that's going to be about conflict and communication by the Sestitis. So that'll be a cool one. Um, the, the plan right now is to probably also have it at the same time, but if we get feedback that a different time would work better for most people, then we'll, we'll change that up. So don't just pencil in 3 PM at the moment, um, and spread the word on that. And we'll be doing one a month for the next little, little while. Okay. Claudia said 3 PM worked great for them. So, um, we thought we don't want to make anybody wake up early on a Saturday if, if you can help it, you know, so let's not do it at 9 AM or whatever, but, um, and so that'll be on May 8th. And then the next one after that is still being decided a little bit, but most likely June 5th. Um, so get, um, just kind of get those penciled in on your calendar, but we'll try to announce them and post them in the other church groups a little sooner. Um, as the, the doom fields have made it pretty clear that, that that would be helpful. So, um, I think that might be it. Any last questions or confusion that I can, could maybe clear up or that the Knowles could clear up. Sweet guys. Thank y'all so much for coming. Knowles. Thanks again for being willing to do this. Um, I really, really enjoyed it. I was very excited personally just to get to be in the audience for this and just so thankful that y'all willing to do that. Yeah, we're happy to do it anytime. Thank you. Thanks for joining us for our sermon podcast. We would love for you to join us on Sunday morning or in one of our small groups during the week. And you can get more information about that at DentonNorthChurch.com.